Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. All right, my scripture reading today comes from Isaiah 40, 1 through 11, and then Mark 1, 1 through 8. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind together will see, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail. Because the breath of the Lord blows on them, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fail. But the word of your God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And from Mark 1. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. <coughs> confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the throngs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Sorry, I got a trippy nose this morning. Forgive me. I want you to think about Isaiah. It's interesting when we read Isaiah. Isaiah is uh, one of the greatest prophets of all times. And Isaiah is first telling the people that God told them to take some comfort. He uses the word comfort for the people because 
God is planning on giving them a double portion. They've been going through so many trials and tribulations between the Assyrians that's been um, invading them and they know the Babylonians are about to invade them. And God says, let's have a few moments of peace. Let's have a little bit of time of rest. And I think sometimes that's what we need to think about is a little bit of time in our lives. Sometimes we get so busy and, and so wrapped up in what's going on around us that we don't take that few moments that we need. I think every day we need to find just at least a few moments. Uh, every week we need to find a day that we can call ours. But we need to find that time that we can have that rest and that peace that God is trying to give us. So God is telling Isaiah to tell the Israelites, have that time of peace, that time of rest, a time of comfort. Because he knows that they will pay for their sins, that they're going to end up paying double for the sins that they've done because of all that's happened to them. But then Isaiah goes on to to prophesy, or I like to use the word predict. In our day, we would probably use predict more than prophesy. In their day, it would have been a prophecy. And, and he was telling the people about the coming of someone that would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He says the voice is calling in the desert, that someone is coming, someone that is royalty, because he said, Make the highway straight. Clear the paths. Make the road passable. And what he's talking about is in their day, if royalty was to come to town to visit, because you know they didn't have much for, for roads, so people would go out ahead of time if they knew that, that someone was coming, and they would literally make the roads and make them better. And he's saying, we need to make that highway better. We need to prepare the incoming, shall we say, of royalty. We need to prepare so that he can be here and find his way and not have a problem getting there. So he talks about how they need to take care of the, of the travel arrangements. Then Isaiah goes on to mention about this part I, I kind of always have shredded away from when he talks about the grass. We are like grass. If you think about it, what he's trying to say here, the grass, the flowers, they have a season. And usually we know that in the springtime, we look forward to seeing some green grass after a cold winter. We look forward to seeing the flowers come in blossom and bloom and, and to get their beautiful colors. But he's saying that we are like the grass. We have a season. We have a season in our lives and we know that the grass, usually the season is only, what, maybe six months, depends on how things are. Some of the flowers may only be for weeks. Different flowers bloom at different times. But he's saying that we are mortals, and because we are mortals, our lives have this short lifespan. Some people have a very short lifespan, some have a longer one. But we need to be thankful for whatever time that we have. And he's saying that as the people, we are mortal, but yet God will take care of us. Just the same way that he took care of the grass, the same way that he made the flowers to bloom and blossom, he will take care of us. 
And he says that the sovereign Lord is coming. Tell the people that God is coming. Be prepared. So Isaiah, over many years prior to Jesus coming, he's already talking about John the Baptist first and then of Jesus coming. And he was excited about it, even though they were in a time that was a trying time. And if you think about it, we're in a very trying time now. There's so much going on around us with the COVID, with all the situation. I think we can say that we are in a time that was similar to what they had, even though we're not being invaded by the Assyrians or the Babylonians, but we are being invaded by a virus. And it makes each day a questionable day. What are we to do next? What are we to do? How can we decide what to do? It's really difficult right now. I know it is for me, and I'm sure it is for every one of us. We worry about whether we're going to get sick, whether uh, we're going to make it through this time. But I believe that God is still in control, and we will make it through this time. We just need to have some more faith. So as we turn then to the book of Mark, and Mark begins by talking about John the Baptist. And it's interesting because in his very, the second chapter actually, he starts out by saying it's written by Isaiah the prophet. But what he writes actually is partially from Malachi. The first part is from Malachi 3.1. It says, see, I will send my, my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So the first half comes from uh, Malachi. The second half comes from what we read in Isaiah. that he's talking about the coming of the person we know, John the Baptist. Because he said, and so John came baptizing in the desert region. And we know that John was related to Jesus. We just don't know exactly how. Someone suggested, and I heard recently on a radio program I was listening to, they thought that maybe Elizabeth was an aunt to Mary. And a lot of times we've talked about that it's possible that John and Jesus would have been cousins, maybe like a second cousin or something. But in some way, we know they were related. We just don't know exactly how. And John would have only been maybe months older than Jesus. But John is already in the desert He's by the Jordan River. He's telling people that Jesus is coming. And he says the one that is coming is so important that even he can't untie his sandals. He can't carry his sandals. He can't touch his sandals, basically. I mean, if you read the different versions, he has different things that he says. But you have to think about who John the Baptist is. It's interesting because it says that he's in the wilderness, first off. Second off, it says that he wears clothing made of camel's hair. Now, I don't know about you. I've not been around a camel to know how the hair would be, but I'm sure they say it's very coarse, very rough. And the best way I was thinking about, I don't know how many of you, if you had any wool clothing, that used to be really popular years ago, right? To have some wool clothing. And if you was like me, if I put on wool, I would itch and scratch and be miserable for a few days after wearing it. And I believe that when he had this camel's clothing, it had to have been something that was 
hard for him to put up with. And he had a belt of leather. And they would say the belt would be, if he needed to run, it would tie up the tail of the garment. But I want you to think about this humbleness. The humbleness that John would have looked like, would have acted like, would have been because he humbled himself that he wasn't in a fancy dress he wasn't, or fancy clothing. He wasn't dressed like the royalty of the day. He didn't eat like the people that most of them would have eaten, at least some bread and some of those kind of things. Instead, he ate locusts. And I read that it was common for people that were in the desert to eat some of the bugs and the insects that were in the desert. I think you would have to be kind of selective of what you were picking. Personally, I'd rather not have any of the insects. But that was because he was a humble man. And he was preparing that way for Jesus Christ. And it says that he would baptize them of their sins if they repented. And that's the interesting part because he believed in repentance and he preached repentance to everyone. And it says that the multitudes came out to him, said all Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. Personally, I think that's just a little bit exaggeration, which we all have a tendency to do sometimes. But a lot of people came out to see him. They come out to hear him. They come out to hear what he was speaking about. And they come out to be baptized. So they repented of their sins and were baptized. It even says in one of the books where he refused to baptize the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he said he knew that they would not repent. So if you think about that, how would it be if you felt like you wanted to be baptized and yet you were refused? And we know that baptism is actually an outward sign of an inward change in our lives. And if we don't change in our lives, we've wasted our time. And I believe that what John is trying to say here is that we need to be excited about Jesus Christ. We need to be excited about his coming. Now we know that he was, Jesus was on the scene at the time, but the people from Isaiah's time, from the Old Testament, were all looking forward to Jesus coming, to a Messiah. They didn't necessarily know who would come. They didn't know how he would come. But we know that he came as a babe in a manger. He humbled himself. And we celebrate the coming of Jesus when we celebrate Christmas. But we also need to be excited and we need to celebrate the fact that Jesus said he will return. We don't know when that will be, but we should be looking forward to it. And if you think about when you first accepted Jesus into your heart, were you excited about it? Most of us, I think, have this period of time after we realize who Jesus is, after we confess our sins, after we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we have a time that we get excited about Jesus. And I believe every one of us can probably think back and say, I remember that time I was excited. But somehow we lose that excitement. And I want you to think about that excitement because I want you to think about Jesus coming again. And if he's coming again, who's going to prepare us the way John was preparing the people of his day? 
we should all be the ones trying to prepare those around us. We should all be the ones that are excited and telling anybody that will listen to us that Jesus is coming back. Jesus will return. And I pray that every one of us are ready. I pray that we're watching, we're waiting, we're prepared, but we also need to help those who do not know Jesus. We need to be excited about the return of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly God, we are excited that we can think about Christmas coming and as we celebrate your birth, we are excited about that. But I pray we're also excited about your return. For Lord, we know you said you would return. We just don't know when. So I pray that we are ready, watching, waiting. That we have that peace in our hearts of knowing you. That we have that love that only you can give us. I pray, Lord, that each and every one knows you as their Lord and their Savior. And I pray that we are ready. And Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. For his birth, his death on the cross, and his rising from the grave. We thank you and praise you in his name.